Danny Blaney smiled stoically as the clerk handed him the small tin box containing the week's take. "'I'm afraid that's the lot of it,' the young clerk admitted sadly. "'Should I even bother?' Danny questioned. "'I don't know, Danny. We might have made expenses.' Danny smiled again and gave the young clerk a supportive slap on the shoulder. He turned and headed for his rooms in the back of the cigar store. Once inside, he locked the door behind him and tossed the little tin onto his nightstand. There, he noticed his mail. A few minutes of sorting produced just one item of interest. He opened the invitation. A costumed ball to celebrate the new year. Maddie McGinty never failed to brighten his thoughts. Danny wasn't used to invites of this nature. At least, not since the trials. Once, Danny Blaney had been a respected member of the detective force of the city. He'd been too aggressive to suit certain criminals. And they had framed him. He had been acquitted but even some of his comrades on the force had believed him guilty. So Danny Blaney had resigned from the job he loved and had opened a corner cigar store. But the cigar store was only a blind. Danny Blaney's real work was running down crooks and handing them over to the police. As the green ghost, he struck terror deep into the hearts of those in crookdom. Most people had not forgotten Danny and the smudge on his name, but Maddie was a friend of long standing, one of the rare few, whom hadn't swallowed the lies. She knew he wouldn't attend, but she hoped. If she only knew the truth, Danny wondered if he still would have received the invite. Danny's thoughts turned to the business at hand. He turned the knob on his old radio and rolled the volume up nice and loud. This was not an uncommon practice for Danny in the early hours of the night. Once satisfied with the volume, he pulled his thick drapes closed and looked them over. He then strolled over to his oversized armoire. Pushing it aside required some effort, even with the rolling casters he had mounted on its base. It was meant to be heavy, to serve its true purpose. Once moved, Danny dropped to the floor and pressed the knothole on one of the boards. He then lifted the board to reveal a cubbyhole containing a small stash of cash and some of Danny Blaney's more important papers, but even these items were not his interest. In one corner of the bottom of the stash box, he placed a large lodestone from his pocket. He held it there until the gentle snap of the release lever hidden beneath it. Danny rose to his feet. He could faintly hear the click, click, click of the pulley gear as a counterweight raised a large section of the floor in front of him. Once it stopped, Danny stood before another large armoire which was logically painted green. Danny opened the large green doors and, as usual, was hit with that overpowering sense of pride and self-righteousness. Inside were three plaster busts supporting identical green silken hoods. On the inside of the right door were mounted three forty-five automatic pistols, standard army issue. On the left door was a pocket-style shelf containing two dozen loaded clips. On the back wall of the armoire hung six black leather-wrapped billy clubs of various sizes, containing everything a growing crime fighter needed, except maybe a good lawyer. Danny reached inside and stripped off one of the hoods. He then opened one of the many drawers, producing a small paintbrush and jar, which gave off an eerie green glow. He closed the cabinet carefully and carried his burden over to his other nightstand. There, he sat on a small stool and laid out his materials. On the stand was a cheap bust of Teddy Roosevelt. 
Danny turned the green hood inside out, revealing a black interior, and placed the black hood over the bust. On its face was painted the outline of a skull. It had a dull green glow which had nearly faded. He instantly began the task of retouching the skull with fresh paint. Once completed, he turned on the lamp next to the bust and positioned it next to the painted face. There, he thought, that'll dry and charge the paint at the same time. Danny rose to his feet, walking back toward the green armoire. On his way, he stumbled, barely holding on to the jar of paint. That was a close one. Would have made a heck of a mess. Never mind how hard it is to replace this hooch. Finally managing to stow the gear, Danny then opened another drawer filled with folded green silken gloves and retrieved a pair, which he tossed on the bed. He also pulled an automatic, a billy club, and a few clips from their respective places and threw them on the bed as well.